Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number 76. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Um, today's guest, I have no idea where this is going to go. <laughs> I have a, a sneaky feeling that it's going to be a fun one because our like banter off the air has been fun already. So uh, please go ahead, name and who you are. Uh, I am Julie Van Rosendahl. I'm a food writer. I never know what to call myself. Isn't that know? weird? It's so weird. And it took years for me to even say food writer. Uh, I write cookbooks. I write for the Globe and Mail. I talk about food on CBC Radio. I teach cooking classes. I'm really just a, a really good eater. And <laughs> professional I eater. To, I'm a professional eater, but not a critic. Some people hear mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. I write about food or I talk about it on the radio and they they assume I'm a, a critic. I, I would be a terrible critic. Mm. Terrible. Um, food writer? Food writer. But there's so many... So many w ways Different. you can write about food. Yeah, you could have a blog. You could yeah. write for newspapers. And I have written for newspapers, magazines. I write for Chatelaine now and all different publications. I've sort of narrowed down what I do. I was so all over the place. As a freelancer, you kind of feel yeah. like you can't say no to anything. You want to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just do as much as possible and have your fingers in all the pies, which is something I also believe in. Fingers and pies. No, it's perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. And so, and I write, and I have 13 cookbooks. So I write, so. Is that cookbook? crazy to say out loud? Yes. And every time I say it, I think I have it wrong. I need to go back and, and count, but yeah, 13. So when you, we'll get into all of it, but like when you first started, was there any way that you'd ever think that you'd have 13 cookbooks? Uh, Could you see? I, mm, I, I, I hoped. Okay. I've always loved cookbooks ever since I was little. Mm. And my mom tells the story of when I was three and I asked when I could cook for myself. And she said, when you can read a recipe by yourself, then you can cook by yourself. Mm. So I went off with a stack of cookbooks and like learned which one? how like to read. Best Bridges? Like those? Like... Uh, no, they didn't come out till 75. Well, okay. no, this, I guess. Ish. But right. we weren't in Calgary until I was in grade two. Okay. So there wouldn't have been any Best of Bridge, probably Joy of Cooking. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think of the dates of the, that's a good question. No one has ever asked me that. Now I'm curious. Well, maybe like what it'll click like, yeah, it's going to be I lurking in your brain for the totally. next hour. I got to go text my mom, which cookbooks did I learn to, to read from? And then I came back and said, mom, what's a tubaspa? She's like, a what? A tubaspa. She goes, use it in a sentence. Add two tablespoons of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> One was probably the uh, Windsor Art Gallery cookbook, the Uncommon Cookbook, put out by the the Windsor Art Gallery. We still, I still have a copy, mm. and I'm pretty sure that that predates me. <laughs> so I was born in 1970. For everyone's, everyone's doing the math. Yeah, totally. Wait a second. Yeah. Fire up Google. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, yeah. so the gist of the show is I like the guests to go back as far as they want to go. So like oh how my. you grew up, where you grew up, your inspiration, you know, your influences, and wow. then we'll just kind of like weave a path all the way to where you are today. So okay. this would be a cool one. Um, you know, you've already started talking about it, but it'll yeah. just be to see all the seeds that you've planted to get to where you are. I think this is going to totally. be, a, this will be a fun chat. So go ahead, go, yeah. go back as far as you want to go. So three. So we started at three, yeah. learning how to read. And where, where'd you, where we, where'd you grow uh, up? I was born in London, Ontario. And then my parents were at Western University of Western Ontario. That's where they met. And, uh, and then we lived in Toronto briefly. I went to grade one in Toronto and then moved to Calgary uh, before grade two. So I grew up in Calgary mm -hmm. 
and um, my dad's a gastroenterologist. Gums to bums, and as that, he puts it. <laughs> I love that they have their own little uh, sayings, all these fancy doctors. Like, I know you're all just that have other, you know. Oh, like, so many jokes. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's the butt of a lot of jokes. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you come by it honestly. I do. I do. And uh, so, yeah, I was always into food and I and I read cookbooks from the time I was you know well from when I was three like what like out of all the things of all the things to pick up whether it's comic books or yeah was your was your mom cooking a lot was your dad cooking a lot like my mom cooked but not an excessive amount and we didn't have a we didn't have any family living here my uh, my mom's family is in Windsor yep um, and my dad immigrated from Belgium when he was young and, um, and didn't have a lot of family and his mom lived far away. So I didn't grow up with, you know, Belgian food or British food mm-hmm. or we grew up with best of bridge, <laughs> you know, uh, and growing up in Calgary, the best of bridge ladies were our actual neighbors. So can you hear my stomach growling? Because as soon nope, as you said no, that, no. I was like, rumble, rumble. That would actually be perfect. I think we're getting I'll some see, feedback. I'll see, I'll see oh, if no. we, could, we could jack up the audio for that. Totally. Piece. It's Julia's stomach. Yeah, totally. Uh, so their kids were my friends at growing up. Uh, now, when you say that, like, when you say that out loud, mm-hmm. the path that you're on, the chances of A, moving to Calgary, and then these, the, these people, and for reference, some people won't know what we're talking about. Oh, so I'll tell. I, yeah. I'll tell. I'll yeah. tell. Well, what, what do you know of Bester Bridge? Did you grow up with Bester Bridge? Yeah, my yeah. mom. Yeah. Like, Everyone did at a certain age. Like I can picture these books with those kind of like plastic. The, the, like, they were coil bound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those plastic black coils. Well, there was Sirlock's binding, which was Companies Coming, which mm. is also Alberta, mm. but up in Vermilion. Uh, Jean Prey, they actually started around the same time. Jean Prey was just on her own, but then Best of Bridge was a, a group of seven women in a bridge club who decided that they would publish a cookbook to raise enough money to go to Vancouver for the weekend. And this is in 1975. So they launched it in 1975, um, which was International Year of the Woman. I hope I got that right. And ironically, and I'm I'm friends with, I'm good friends with Mary Halpin, who is like the OG. They call her Mary the Mouth because she was like the, the, the mouthpiece of all of them. There are four remaining women. And he, hearing her talk about it is just the best. She would be a great guest. Mm, that'd be <gasps> She'd fascinating. Be a great guest. And uh, so she tells the story of how they had to get their husbands to co-sign the loan for their printing, you know. And mm. and uh, and anyway, they've sold. They've actually sold the they sold the rights. Uh, I don't know how many years ago, maybe around 2011, to Robert Rose, a publisher in Toronto. But they've sold four million cookbooks, which mm. is like huge numbers no. it's like jamie oliver numbers right wow. like it's massive mm. so but you're right to go back to like i'm on this path mm-hmm. i love food mm-hmm. and i ha- i just have a, an appetite like i love i'm hungry mm. <laughs> all the time Crazy. but i also learned at a really young age how food connects people and how it's it's a a, a, a way that we show affection we we nourish people we comfort we entertain we celebrate like it's all around food and so you know I I learned to cook 
because I like to eat, but also because I love to make people happy, Hmm. you know, and, and I just saw how, you know, even the process I find therapeutic and the smell of cooking and the, the sharing of it. And, uh, and I think that's what draws a lot of kids to, to baking, especially Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you don't usually bake for yourself. You know, you bake for a party or you bake to share. And, um, and so, so yeah, we came to Calgary and, and for uh, dad got mom or dad got transferred out here. Or? Yeah, my dad was a doctor at the General Hospital no way. on Memorial Drive, mm-hmm. and I remember, you know, my sisters and I getting dressed up on Christmas to go visit him because he was working on Christmas, and and I remember when it was when it was torn down, uh, a mistake, I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, inner city hospital. But uh, yeah, so the plan was to to stay here for a while and then move back yep. out east, but we just never did. Hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I went to school with some of the, the daughters of the best of bridge and, and so, yeah, everyone. Were they talking about it back then? Like what? They were, were yeah. And you were, like you were young. I was young. Yeah. I mean, 1975 was when their first book came out and then we would have moved here maybe around 77. Yeah. And, um, 76 and everyone made like. Christmas morning wife saver and hamburger soup, right? And my dad's favorite meal is still classy chicken, which was called classy because it called for asparagus, which was like super, like you couldn't find, you know, asparagus and like the curry powder that was in it, you know, with the cream of chicken soup and curry powder was so like fancy, you know, (laughs) so crazy, so crazy. So Um, when you're like, so you're in the food and then you're like right beside and growing up with this, mm-hmm. these people that are way into food too. Does it give you like? Do you think about that? Like, is it mm-hmm. when, when you're that when you're that young? You're like, oh, this is normal to be this passionate about food, or is it just like, oh, these people are also into food and they're interesting? Yeah, no, I didn't think it was normal. I would, I, I sought out people who had you know interesting food histories and tried to learn from them. Uh, you know, people with different cultural backgrounds and. Um, and I just, I just was so interested in food and I'm and interested in, in home cooks. I've never, I have huge respect for, for restaurant chefs, obviously, but I've never wanted to go down that path. Mm. You know, I never wanted to work in a restaurant and partly I just, the hours are terrible <laughs> and pressure I, hours and, pressure. and, uh, and I didn't want to, um, not enjoy it you know I worried about it being repetitive and 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 it's a different it's a different thing like the dining out experience is more sort of theater and I was really I've always been interested in the culture of home cooking right and what people have been making for generations Mm -hmm. and and partly probably because I didn't have that in my my own life you know my my grandma my dad's side uh I didn't know very well. I have a couple recipes of hers, mm-hmm. um, a beef carbonade, very Flemish. My dad is Flemish. His first language is Flemish. Um, but we didn't grow up with, with these sort of family meals, you know, yep. we'd go and visit my grandma and, in and granddad in Windsor. Uh, and she would cook some things, you know, she was a master butter tart maker. So, you know, I've, I learned how to make butter tarts from her. So there are some things, but, but I just, I've, I just sort of wanted to absorb this this home cooking knowledge from as many people as possible, right? And and learn about um, this sort of rich history that that um, that existed, and and you know people sort of bringing spices and bringing yeah. things from 
wherever they could find them. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, in Calgary and (laughs) Calgary in the seventies and eighties was not, (laughs) there was was nothing going on. (laughs) It was not a great, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on. Not, you know, obviously as many ingredients as was available as is available are available now yep. i'm a professional writer <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it's interesting that you know i've always been interested in food and and cookbooks and i would you know when i babysat i would i would go through people's recipe collections right oh, when wait. like the kids would go to bed and i would like look through their cookbook shelves and their their recipe boxes and make notes like those yellow and, like, recipe and, boxes yeah like well, the, my mom had this like yellow. yellow one like this yellow plastic tupperware kind yeah. of thing with like a flip top yeah. on it with yeah. these with cue cards with the yep. lines and stuff the recipe cards mm-hmm. totally and i would like make notes and re- and you just learn so much about people <laughs> through what, what they feed their families every day you know amazing like i just loved it and and so when i had to talk to my class about we had to do a, a presentation about what we wanted to be like how old up. What, what, what grades this ish like probably grade four ish okay. yeah. and i said i wanted to be the food editor of canadian living magazine <laughs> Right? <laughs> like left field. Right? Nobody else wanted to be that. Nobody knew what you were talking about. I wanted to be Elizabeth Baird. And now I'm friends with Elizabeth Baird, who's you know long since retired. There's no Canadian living test kitchen anymore. And her, the job actually came up maybe 10 years ago and everyone sent it to me. Mm-hmm. But it would have involved moving to Toronto. And at uh. that time, magazines were different. You know, when I was a kid, there were very few people who had that platform to share recipes, right? There is Canadian Living and Chatelaine. And as a kid, I read those magazines, you mm. know? And uh, and then there was Mary Moore, who not a lot of people know, but she was a, a columnist um, for decades in, I don't know, 20 newspapers or something. She had the big, like, beehive mm-hmm. hair, <laughs> and people would write her letters, right? And I loved it. They were like, you know, I have been looking for this jellied salad (laughs) recipe, this aspic or whatever. And she would write back. And and, uh, and so when I was in my 20s and the 90s, I wrote, maybe I emailed. When when did email start? In the 90s? Would have been like 94, 95, 96. Yeah. Kind of in there. So maybe I emailed, but um, I feel like there was a lot of like letters, mm-hmm. like typed out. Yeah, you were sending my, to these people. I sent them to I sent them to small town newspapers yeah. all in, through the prairies and said like, if you would like a food column, I will write one for free just to practice. So before we go there, <laughs> <laughs> what is um? You're done high school then. You're like early twenties. Oh, I graduated in. I was supposed to graduate in '88, but it took a little bit longer because I went to I went to Bishop Carroll, which oh, is did? a work at your own pace. Oh, I know that one. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Yeah, so you... I'm going to graduate in two years." Mm-hmm. So was it three and a half or four? It was like it was three and a half. Yeah, yeah. that extra three yeah. And a half, yeah extra year, and uh, which is good. Some people do the five year program. The five year, yeah. No, I was I I, I managed to squeak <laughs> it out under four years, but um, and when I was in high school and junior high, I went to I went to junior high with Nahed. Nenshi. No way. Where? Uh, it was called Oakley Center. Hmm. It was only, it was in, by Garrison Woods and it only existed for four years. Okay. Um, it was for 
gifted i'm using the air quotes kids so there are a whole bunch of like math geniuses at my school i was not a math genius what were you were you a genius of some sort i don't know i apparently my iq was you were like uh, they did iq tests and you got in and I got in, which is funny. And another, I'm going to be all over the place with this. That, that's why. That's why this show is amazing. This is like a four-hour podcast, <laughs> right? Get, get comfortable wherever you are. We're I, going. When I was born, I was breached, and I, you know, they do the 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 Apgar Apgar test. Do you know this? I don't and they know like, much. They like, it's like how fast you you cry and your color, and they pinch your feet or and it's one to ten mm-hmm. my apgar score was like zero or one or something like it was so low that they almost didn't let me into the school because they're like she is serious like they thought i was gonna have mm-hmm. a lot of st- struggles i th- things that come to me that i haven't thought of for like decades when i'm doing podcasts like i remember that anyway and then so yeah i, I had to do this iq test anyway that's all i don't you know got in. I, you got I, into I, got this. In. I was good at english and that was my thing. I was terrible at math. Mm. Terrible. And um, how did I even get onto this? Because we, we were going to junior junior high, high school high, and high kind of school. weaving our way through there. Right. That's right. And I went to Bishop Carroll. I thought I was going to graduate fast. I did not. So you graduated. And then do you, did you have a plan? Oh, were and you, I was at, at Bishop Carroll. I was one of the howdies. I was in well, the Heidi and howdy during the Olympics. You were? Yeah, I was one of the howdies. <laughs> no there was a, like How many were there? There was a hundred by the time the Olympics came along. There was a hundred of you? There was a hundred. And um, I was, I could only go in the howdy suit because I was six feet tall. I'm shrinking. I'm not six feet tall anymore, but mm. you had to be under five, six to do to be in the Heidi suit. Yep. Um, so I could only go in the howdy suit. Where, where does this and, um, like opportunity even come from? Is this like it was a, a drama? Well, it was because we had this flexible schedule right. there, mm-hmm. and so like Mark Tewksbury was there. There were a whole bunch of athletes mm-hmm. and kids who could, you know, were like actors, yep. and you know. Um, you were you in drama in? And I was in drama. Yeah, so it was the drama program. So yeah, drama was my th- drama and uh, English. English. I was really good at. Not reading the Shakespeare, but writing really killer essays about it. Anyway. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do that? <laughs> I don't just, know. It's just like winging it? It's just winging it. It's just like bullshit your way through. All the, the way essays. through. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you get to like, what was your, did you get to go to McMahon Stadium for any of the Olympic stuff dressed up? Like when you're uh, in costume? McMahon Stadium. No, I was never in For the opening stadium. ceremonies or closing? No. No. They, um, this is so random, but I like I, I did it for, so I did it from the very beginning of the program. And then um, at the very, towards the end, there was a hundred, I can't even remember exactly how it worked. There ended up being a small amount of more kids than they, than a hundred. They had a hundred jackets or something and a yep. hundred and 10 kids doing, who had been doing it. And so they did a lottery when it came time for the Olympics mm-hmm. and, um, and they drew however many names. Anyway, I got, I didn't, I didn't get to go to the Olympics. Mm. I did the costuming. I did it all the way up to, and then I didn't get to go. Get the- I seem to recall I got drawn for Nakiska and then I ended up getting the boot because they didn't have enough suits. So they, <laughs> and so I, my mom was irate. She was like, <laughs> it should be how long you've been doing it for, you know, anyway, but I have, yeah, we used to, we used to, um, um, oh my gosh, my my brain 
tends to go blank when I have a microphone in front of me sometimes. <laughs> um, the old mayor of Calgary at the time. Uh, Ralph? Ralph Klein. Thank you. <laughs> I, I know people. It's just like my brain is like, you're not going to think of it. He, we would make a point of hugging him because the blue, we get the fur all over us. No way. Just so irritated. <laughs> like this, Ralph Klein, hug him. Those two bears would be like closing in. He's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna, I don't have a lint roller. <laughs> but so many, like, oh, so many great stories. Like, it was such a fun thing to do. Were you, so much fun to, to be a part of. Did you have other jobs when you were, like, through high school? I actually did a lot of mascotting through high school. Like, so random. So random. So I was, like, Alfie the Alpha Milk Bear and um, uh, the ATP Elephant. Mm. And I did this tour. I actually just ran into Glenn Street, who does street costumes, who's my neighbor. And I was, like, actually, we used to work together. And um, we went on a tour to... Edmonton to like teach kids proper phone manners like so random wow anyway I did a bunch of mascotting and it was great because I was so shy mm. so shy my my oldest friend I actually got set up with my my our teachers at in junior high called our parents and they were like okay these these two are so painfully shy we're gonna set them up on a project so that they can like be shy together and we're still friends no way oh we're still friends yeah but i was so shy being in the costume was like mm -hmm. so freeing mm -hmm. because no one knew i was in there and mm -hmm. i was so self-conscious because i was you know a higher weight than what was socially acceptable yeah. at the time and 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 so ridiculed for it you know mm. like kids are assholes hey uh, adults were assholes mm -hmm. kids i mean and i uh, kids yeah kids were mean but so were like just as often it was adults mm -hmm. i remember being at a a birthday party and you know all the kids were sitting cross-legged on the on the on the carpet remember when there was carpet everyone oh, had yeah. carpet mm -hmm. usually like dark room. brown <laughs> yeah yeah and uh waiting the, the the mom was cutting the cake and and uh, she's passing it out. And she said, and no cake for Julie because she's too fat. It, you know, so I sit there and, you know, and she, it, it's, oh, so, no. so, oh, hey. so common, so common. One time I was out in front of um, a, a little like convenience store. My sisters and my mom were inside and, and sometimes we would be allowed to pick at a chocolate bar. Mm -hmm. And I chose a fruit and nut bar. Weird. I know. So many people are like, what? You chose a fruit? You chose raisins and chocolate? What? I know. I know. Anyway, I was standing out front. My mom was paying and I just wandered outside. And uh, a woman was walking up, walking past with her daughter, her child. She was with a child. And she saw me and pulled her daughter up to me that came right up to me and just with disgust on her face and she said see that that's what will happen to you if you eat too much junk food you're never gonna look like that no like just shit. just right right to me yeah oh like there's so many stories mm. so many stories and and so i grew up with you know and and the rest of my family was you know a, a socially acceptable weight <laughs> I don't know. Whatever that say. is. Whatever that is. Yeah. You know, like I played soccer. I, we all ate, you know, my, you know, anyway. Um, 
how did I get on the see I'm like all over the no, I'm like a magpie I, but I'm here to, I'm, I'm here to like <laughs> real me yeah yeah the, uh, the mascot costume yeah. yeah it was great because I was so self-conscious and so shy and being in that costume was just so freeing mm-hmm. right I could just be like out there mm-hmm. I was at a halftime show at some basketball tournament one time as howdy and um in the middle of the you know in the middle of the court dancing and and I had a a basketball and I threw it backwards above my head and the crowd just erupted and of course you can only see like out the mouth hole right and I was like what happened what happened and apparently it went in no way it went into the net the, the net the goal the net no the you net. have the net, you're, the you're net. Not, I yeah. got it right no you're good no way yeah. um like were you like loving it in there I just have this like vision of you just like smiling bright eyed oh, just totally. like having a riot such a such a good time hmm. yeah I loved it crazy yeah um yeah so what happens after high school? What are you, where's your direction going? Well, I went to ACA, Alberta College oh, of Art. Really? Um, what were you taking? Like the I fine arts? I ended up taking photography hmm. because I didn't, I was like, you know, that said, I don't want food to dominate my life. Um, I, I didn't want to go to Sate and be a restaurant chef, but all the food writers, I mean, there are very few food writers back then. They were, hmm. they were at, you know, some newspapers had a food writer, um, but they went to journalism school, right? And then the the big food writers like the Elizabeth Baird, the editor of Canadian Living, whose job I wanted, <laughs> they were home economics graduates, right? So mm. um, I didn't want to take home ec and um, or home ec, home. I'm not remembering, it. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. There's, it was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, right. yep. And so I think old college had that, but there weren't very many programs, and I didn't want to do that anyway. So I decided to go to uh, to ACA. When you say um, you didn't want food to like, would you say dominate your life? Dominate or? my life. Well, I just struggled with it, right? I had this like this guilt because back then there is this this belief that if you were a certain size, yeah. you were just you were trying not to be and failing all the time right i mean if you look back at old magazines all the there's so many stories about um you know how to how to control your appetite and how to how to not overeat at a party and how to really oh oh you so you didn't read women's magazines yeah Oh, just constant, right? And so I had been on every diet program, right? Mm-hmm. It's Weight Watchers, and and my parents were not. My parents were great; like they were not, you yep. know, pushing me into into losing weight. They were super, super supportive. Really, you know, um, helped me develop a a healthy relationship with food to the yep. extent that I could, because the world was telling me that I was, you know, it it, it was seen as. Uh, a character flaw, mm-hmm. a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you clearly are lazy and don't know what's good for you. Yeah. And um, and then you know, and then we get into the the wars against obesity, right? Yep. The 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 declarations by you know really influential people that mm-hmm. that that anyone who is a, a bigger size is a drain on healthcare yeah. and a drain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just was awful. And so I sort of, I just had this really complicated relationship with food. I loved yep. it and I loved I still cooking loved it. and I, and I yeah, still yeah. love it, but I also felt guilty, you know, and I was, I, I can still count the calories in any, any plate of food you put in front of me. You I can calculate the no calories way. in that. Just oh, cause, yeah. it, cause it was, it was just this, 
part of your life for it's part of my life for my formative years right and i was on diet center jenny craig Mm -hmm. right i was in uh, going to aca and and on jenny craig and bringing my little frozen meal like crazy and you feel like you're sort of being punished for something Mm -hmm. that you know um and and then i like photography was just like a the creative piece yeah i was like you know i love I did black and white portraits because I just was so interested in people. So cool. I loved that. Were you still like super shy at, at that age when you're going to yeah. ACAD? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I, I still am. People don't believe it, but I still am. You, um, <laughs> are you shy in groups or like, because one-on-one, I haven't seen it yet. No. But Yeah, more in groups. Like bigger settings, you kind of like, this is me, so, so for me, like I'm an introvert through and through. Mm-hmm. And so you throw me in a big room and I'm I like, I want to get to that back wall as soon as I can. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see everything that's happening, but I don't want to get involved in like yeah. group conversations. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I'm both because mm. I'm really interested in people. Mm-hmm. And But like if you're in a room with like five people talking. Yeah. I found and- the kitchen. I go to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you're home. <laughs> can I help? Can I help in here? Gives me something to do. Sorry. No, but it's like to go around that, like these circles of conversations just drive me crazy. Yeah. You know, like people, whether there's one person that controls the conversation, it's just nonstop talking about themselves. I just feel so awkward in those situations. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to just like have one-on-one conversations, I'm like more more than happy and capable to get in on that. But the group ones are Are hard to navigate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I guess, but Throw you in a kitchen with a bunch of oh, people. Yeah, it's great. You're like very comfortable. Well, and it's a great place to have conversations with with people and kids, especially because I have a teenager. He's 17, mm-hmm. and uh, sitting across the table from him, you know, <laughs> be like, "So, how's your day? Good." You know, like nothing, right? Um, and I I recognized at an early age that in the car he'd be more chatty he'd ask questions because you're not sitting like staring at each other right and in the kitchen when we have something else to focus some of our attention you know we'd be like pinching dumplings or Mm -hmm. making cookies or whatever Mm -hmm. then he would he would talk a lot more Mm. because you know you're not you don't need all your brain energy focused on cooking but just enough that you're not like it's not awkward Mm -hmm. and i find that with a lot of people Hmm. Being in the kitchen with people is one of my favorite things. Hmm. Just like cooking with them. And you learn so much. Oh, I'm sure they just... So much. Mm -hmm. And so often my friends will say like, can you come and like sit in the kitchen and watch my mom make her coriander chutney because she writes the recipe down, but it's not right. Like it doesn't taste the same, right? So we'll sit and watch, you know. Fascinating. It's amazing. And especially if if in that scenario you get to hear the story behind it or whatever, like I'm sure that's... Way different. Well, and I did this series for Swerve for years that I, I, I pitched to them, and and luckily they went for it. Where I went to people's kitchens and learned how to make doses or like all kinds of things, mm. right? That I want them to share their history and their stories and their techniques, and and not have me be the yeah filter through like I'm learning from you and yep. you're telling the story yep. and your hands are in the photo and your mm-hmm. text you know like mm-hmm. there's just so much there's so much to learn it's different 
yeah. that that approach is different, right? It's not it's not you trying to be the center of attention, and it's like no, yeah, we're, we're like sharing stories here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so ACAD taking right, photos, right, right. Okay, taking so photos, doing your thing. Doing photos. Anything spectacular happening in this like era, or is it just like? Black and white photos, dark room, you know, and it was totally pre-digital. Were, were you good at taking photos, like the portraits? I don't know, maybe. Is there anything hanging? Is it any of them, like, are they all packed away? Or is there anything hanging in your house? No, there's not. Mm. That's strange. I need to go dig them up now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love taking pictures of people, and I loved um, getting reactions from them and capturing it, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I graduated and opened a bakery <laughs> so like so yeah so you couldn't fight you couldn't fight the food thing anymore no. you're like I'm no going. that's my thing that's i'm my going thing. Yeah. so what did you open so it was a cookie bakery it was called one smart cookie and where was one it? smart cookie people think i say once more cookie it was uh downtown above the showcase grand theater yep. the, or the not the showcase grand anymore wow that dated me it used to be called showcase grand now it's just the grand right yeah, I knew what you were talking about. So. It was a movie theater. I'm right there too. Yeah, and it was like on the seventh floor. It was it was not an ideal spot for a bakery. Yeah. So it was just a wholesale bakery. Okay. Um, and it was low fat cookies because that's what people wanted in the '90s. Mm. And my dad uh, has a history of heart disease in his family. So when we were kids, he offered my sisters and I fifty bucks for whoever made the best low fat cookie. And guess who won? I should hope Me. so. <laughs> and and so I had made these these cookies, these chocolate cookies for him that were low fat, and and people were super into it. But there wasn't anything on the market, and uh, so I ended up selling them in about fifty restaurants and coffee shops. No and I actually took them to Subway uh, because Subway at the time was doing like low fat baked lays and all. Mm, yeah. You know, yep. And uh, they wanted to do a test market um, <laughs> in their Western Canadian stores. In fact, when they I was going back and forth with them and they would call and I was like, I didn't want them to know it was just me. <laughs> so very briefly, I was like, please hold. I'll see. I'll see if she's in. <laughs> Dual voice. <laughs> it was terrible at it. It was terrible. Sorry, I'm hitting the table. No, you're good. And uh, but they wanted they wanted the cookie dough pre-portioned. They were going to bake it in the stores, but they wanted it for like 12 cents or 14 cents per cookie, which was, and so I went through these different companies that were like federally inspected to make the dough on a large yep. scale. And the dough was really like sticky because it was low fat. So it was hard to extrude and it was hard to cut and it was messing up everyone's machinery. So for a couple of years, I worked on that, never got it done. And mm. in the meantime, I thought I would write a cookie book. The, uh, <laughs> before before we started talking, I was I was rambling on about my this idea that I have about yeah. space, right? Yeah. So yeah. Here, here you are to go down that path of you know getting a lease, yeah, getting all the equipment, yeah, having no revenue, yeah, no clients, no customers, yeah. You're just like this is what I'm gonna do, yeah. Like this is yeah. I'll figure it out when I get there, yeah, yeah, hmm. like. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I. You do. just trusted it. Like you just trusted that. And then, you know, so you get there, you're obviously trying to figure out your equipment, your recipes, and yep. then to go sell it to different places. Yeah. Just taking samples, like just yep. walking around and just markets, restaurants, whoever. <laughs> I actually started in my apartment. 
So I was like 25. I was 25 at the time. I started in my apartment and well, I was looking for space and I was taking, I was sort of testing the, mar- the market, right? Yep. To see if there was interest. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I would, my, the, the resident manager of my apartment building at 1313 13th Avenue in the belt line. <laughs> and I lived in the, the, the the apartment used to be like the um uh, like the community room right so it was like there was like a, a men's and a women's bathroom and just like one big space anyway um the the resident manager caught on to what I was doing so I used to smuggle them out in a laundry basket I used to smuggle he, the cookies out because he, he, he was like you can't run a business in here and no. I was like but I hadn't found a space yet so I would be like I'm just going to do my laundry and I would cover them with like towels. <laughs> And he'd stand there with his arms crossed and glare, like, I know what you have in that laundry basket. Evil cookies. <laughs> I haven't thought of that for years. Uh. And so, yeah, so I, I got like a used Hobart mi- mixer and a big table and the ovens. And I had to reformulate all my recipes because you you scale it up yep. and it throws Changes. everything out of whack. So yep. I had chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, and this chocolate lava. My nephew called them lava because they... There were dark chocolate rolled in icing sugar, and then they kind of cracked as they baked, mm. so they looked like lava. And so my nephew was like seven at the time, and he named the chocolate lava. And um, yeah, I sold them at like all the Grappa Jabba's. Do you remember the Grappa Jabba's? Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, all the coffee shops, a bunch of health clubs, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and then just and then started writing cookbooks. And then do you remember bagels, bagels and buns? Yes. That came up for sale. And I, oh, it was so, I was too, I was, I was too nervous to try and get loans and like the equipment was old. But I grew up at, with bagels and buns. Mm-hmm. We moved from Toronto and my, my dentist had told me that if I eat a bagel every day, it would keep my teeth straight and I wouldn't need braces. What? And because I don't, I know. And so we got to Calgary and we couldn't find bagels. And my mom says, I was like panicked. Like, where are we going to find bagels? My teeth are going to be a disaster if we don't find bagels. And so then bagels and buns. I don't know if they opened up or we just found them, but we would always go to bagels and buns. Anyway, so I didn't, I did not buy bagels and buns, but, um, and just got really tired of schlepping all this stuff up and yep. down. And so ended up, Closing the bakery and writing a, a cookie cookbook. And at, so at the time, I'd grown up with Best of Bridge. And Best of Bridge sort of taught me that they they were like, we don't know how to write a cookbook. We're, we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to sell the hell out of it. And they did. And they took it to like gas stations. And, and same with, with Jean Perret and companies coming. We're going to take it to stores that aren't, aren't bookstores, right? Mm-hmm. Like grocery stores and yeah. gas stations and like all these other places and and they both did so well they sold tons and like millions millions of cookbooks i just did a story about jean Prey. she passed away over the christmas holidays and um i can't remember how many books they've sold and they too companies coming has sold to another publishing company but yep. they've sold like 11 million or like it's just Wild. crazy numbers and uh and then in the 90s the Looney Spoons cookbooks came out. And I don't know if you know the mm. Looney Spoons. So Janet and Greta Podleski live in Toronto and they self-published. They ended up partnering with David Chilton, the wealthy barber, because their book had been turned down by all these publishers and, again, have sold like 
so many books. I don't, I, I should know the numbers, but it's in the millions for them as well. Mm. Uh, and I'm friends with Greta now. And so, so I was in my bakery listening to them do all their media stories on the radio. Yep. Right. And with Looney spoons and, and, um, and so they're the self-published. So I'm like, I, I'll self-publish a book. So I self-published my first book in 99. No way. Yeah. And what happened? Well, it was a cookie book. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, it. sorry, I'm thinking through, like, how, how did all that unfold? While I was writing it, I also lost 165 pounds. Holy. Which I don't talk about for it often. Uh, <laughs> like, a lot of people don't know. That's... Um, half my weight. It was half yeah, my weight. My scale went up to 330 and I topped it out. So I don't know if I was above that. Wow. So, yeah. and to do that, you know, there's probably healthy ways and unhealthy ways and, yeah. and but whatever it is, it's straight work. It like, was a lot of work. It was eating a lot less, Yep. a lot less than I wanted to being hungry all the time and going to spa lady and working out Just like busting your ass. And some days I would go twice a day, which no like, and got, so I, I ate less than what was probably healthy, but it was what was required for me, yeah. for my body to like. Get changing. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I lost a lot of weight and um, I actually had to have surgery to remove some extra skin. Wow. Because I have um, not very elastic skin. <laughs> well, it's like to, to cut your yeah. Mass in half is like yeah. So, so it was crazy because I and I'm remembering this because I I put this book out and then I had to do my own publicity. And you figured all this out by yourself. How to self publish? How yeah. to how to like you'd see enough examples of cookbooks. You kind of probably saw how they could come together. Mm-hmm. Your style. Mm-hmm. And then you went down the path of like, okay, how am I going to get this and, out to the public? Yeah, figure out how to produce the book and so at the time there was a lot of coil bound and surlux bound books surlux Surlux is is like that plastic the company's coming is surlux bound so it's not just a coil it's like it's like a covered plastic coil Hmm. so that you can print the 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 subject on the spine okay so it's a little bit different than just a coil and so i had learned that coil and surlux bound was sort of falling out of fashion. There, a lot of books are damaged when they're shipped with the coil binding. Mm. And so I did Perfect Bound, which is just a like a regular book with a flat binding. It's yep. the most common binding. I had joined a, a self-publishers group and it met at the Danish Canadian Club. On 11th? On 11th, mm-hmm. yeah. Like once a month. For breakfast or something, so I joined. So random that that actually existed. I, I know, <laughs> and Calgary. all these things I haven't thought of for so long. <laughs> and I asked questions of people who had, who had done, you know, done it, and and figured out how to, you know, register for your ISBN and wow. get the print printing done. I hired a distributor, who so I printed ten thousand copies. Of wow. my first book, which is like insane. It's a, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So 5,000 5, is considered a bestseller in Canada. And I actually, okay. I did this deep dive years ago 
and a story for the globe to figure out where that came from. And nobody seems to know, like people in publishing. That number five. They're no like five. No one knows where that came from. Mm. And it, when it comes to bestsellers, it, there are all these different ways that you become a bestseller. And that's a whole other, if I go, if I go off on that tangent, it's going to be a while. <laughs> We're going to run out of tape. <laughs> We're going to run out of tape and people might not even be interested. But, um, so I printed 10,000 copies. I sold them all. How? Well, I like did a, it. That's a giant number. It is. But A, the cost to get that done has got to be big. It was like 25,000, 20. My books were about 250 per book, $300 per book. Um, so you, I had to get a bank loan out for like 30,000. I think it cost $30,000. You just trusted it? Yeah. Like a, yeah. You I was just, like, you just knew in you that this was going to, it was going to go like you were going to yeah. order 10,000. You're going to sell 10,000. Yeah. That's it. Like, go big or go home. Well, was, not, I, I really dislike that saying, no, I shouldn't no, but, say go, go bigger, but I was like, it, it's cheaper the more you print. Yeah. Right. And I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm yeah. going to. Yeah, well, I, I did. And I did sell them. Um, quickly? Within a year. So, which is, which seems, is fairly seems quick, right? Yeah. yeah, it is quick. And so back then, fewer cookbooks were coming out by far. And when I talked to uh, Elizabeth Baird about her, their first cookbook, which is also was in 1975, she said four books came out that year, four cookbooks, mm. five cookbooks. And now it's like... I can't even keep track of all the books that come out. Yeah. There are so many books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole publishing industry has changed so much. When I s printed my first book, you know, you had to um, – it was so expensive to pick color. You had to pick a certain number of color pages, and it was based on the mm -hmm. signature, which mm -hmm. is like the, the sheet of paper – that they print on and it's mm -hmm. it's divided into a 12 page signature a 16 page so it's like okay you can pick 16 <laughs> pages or 12 pages that are color and then the rest is only like a three color process so mm -hmm. now everything is full color yeah. most publishers print overseas because yeah. it's so much cheaper um i've gone back to self-publishing in my last three books cool. but i print in canada and uh and so i i hired a distributor in toronto who subsequently went bankrupt owing me twenty thousand dollars so there's that there's that so people I moved back in with my parents <laughs> their garage was filled with books so these these stories are the ones I find fascinating yeah because people you know people that don't know your history like no me or I'm sure most people don't know mm -hmm. this piece of it right mm -hmm. they see you at the end of it they totally. see they see 13 books yeah look at you. Um, either they admire you or they respect you or they want to like, they want to know how or they want to be like you. Yeah. But they don't know this. Yeah. And no. this, this can either, that could have sunk you, right? Totally. That could have, that oh, could have sunk me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. $30,000. Like, totally. And then those guys owe you 20, you're at your parents' place, you're I've storing these things. Parents. Like I, and so when I, and I went on a book tour, I booked my own tour. I booked Canada AM and I got on the plane uh, with a carry-on suitcase full of cookies for the display because I didn't have a kitchen in Toronto. And there weren't, I mean, food stylists existed, but yeah. I, I couldn't afford one. And so I made all the cookies in Calgary, packed them in a carry-on, went to Toronto. I did Canada AM. I did a bunch of shows. I just, you emailing people, calling. Yeah. And just saying, hey, here I have an idea. Yeah, I have are you book. looking? Are you looking for the I like some to in. fill a segment? Yeah, 
Yeah, pretty much. And I did like breakfast TV in Calgary a lot yeah. with Dave Kelly when he first moved. And Dave is so great. I just, he's one of my favorite people. And um, but did you did you know that you just had to be your own media company? Like you had to you had to create media exposure around your idea. Yeah. You just knew you had to do that, and and back then it was like radio and TV. Yeah, yeah radio and TV. That's how you do it. So, so you just knew you had two options of where to get your stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I went to do Canada AM, and and it was right after I'd lost all this weight, and I had never, I had never been like a, a, I don't know a, a size that was like socially acceptable size. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was all and 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 navigating that, and yeah. and, and how different people treat me. No way. Oh. So fascinating, so fascinating. Um, and and so I remember being in the makeup room you, after the segment. We do this whole segment. Are you calm when you're about to go out there, like with all these things going no. through your head? Am like, I calm? I don't know. Maybe I just seemed ne- calm. Nerves or like <laughs> nerves were, yeah, I was really nervous. And uh, and I was in the in the in the makeup room afterwards, and I offered one of the women there a cookie. And she said, oh, no, I can't. I'm not like you. I have to watch what I eat. And I was like. <laughs> like an adult, and so I said, hey. actually, and I, don't, I didn't talk about it because I just, I had, it had dictated my whole life. Like my whole life had just been consumed by this, by like my weight and my mm-hmm. size and trying to lose weight and starting to lose weight and gaining weight back. And it just, it, you know, I just wanted to just be, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind normal. Yep. And, uh, and then she said, I can't, I'm not like you. I can't eat that stuff. I'm not like you. And I was like, actually, I just lost 165 pounds. And she was like, what? What? We did the wrong story. She's like, we did the wrong story. Why didn't you tell me that? And I was like, well, because it doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. But anyway, um, all these things I haven't thought of for so long. So I sold all the books, yep. um, but couldn't afford a reprint because my distributor went bankrupt. Yeah. So I went to White Cat Books, a publisher, and they picked it up. And uh, and then I did another book with them. And how many books did I do with them? You just had a bunch of ideas and you were, you were, you were, you were set up to just write books. Yeah. Like you just knew there was enough content in your head to get out that you could... Keep writing books. Yeah. yeah. Do you sign book deals with these yeah. Yeah. So I, so I signed on with white cap to pick up. To, so I sold the rights to my first book, which was called one smart cookie. It was all low fat cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and I look back and, Oh, like I made it in my friend's basement in Saskatoon. And I took the photos and we scanned them. Like they were like oh, yeah. printed photos and we scanned them on our dad's scanner. Cause mm-hmm. he was a landscape mm-hmm. photographer. It's so, oh, it's so dated when I look at it. The fonts that I used, oh. Just all of it. If I ever come across one, I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> My alter ego. So, yeah, so dated. And um, and so then I self-published my second book, and then I decided to just go with White Cap for my third and fourth. And yep. So I've worked with four publishers now, hmm. and then I decided to go back to self-publishing. For the last three. For the last three. And do you... With the way the world's changed, yeah, it was like digital heavy, yeah. To to continue down the path of writing books and 
obviously there's a spot for it. Yeah. Is it, do you feel the same way? Like I'm going to write books. I'm going to, these books are going to sell. Is the, the way the world has shifted, is it like altered anything in your head? It, it's a completely different world than it used to be, obviously with mm-hmm. the internet. I mean, yep. and things change, you know, I, I regret not spending more time on a, a food blog. I mean, some of the, the first food bloggers right. have made, Crazy. they make millions mm-hmm. of dollars, mm-hmm. right? Like they make so much money. And mm-hmm. I didn't because it wasn't making any money, right? Yep. Like I had to take jobs that were paying jobs. So yep. I had a food blog, but it was sort of a side mm-hmm. thing that didn't really, you know, I didn't focus a lot of attention on. And, um, you know, and now people, people just share recipes in different yeah. ways. Right. So I, I should have done YouTube. I should have spent more time on a blog. I should have, but whatever. Yeah, no. Yeah. You can't regret it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now everyone's doing reels, right? I feel yeah. like I'm behind on right. everything. Yeah. But you were so, um, and you still are. You're behind you're, on everything. No, no, no. <laughs> your, your media approach now. Yeah. Like it's. You're heavy on radio. Yes. I've been doing, yeah, CBC for 17 years. And then TV, are you still like? Well, I did. So I did morning shows for so long. Mm. Um, And I did two years of a cooking show, two years, three, uh, with a chef named Ned Bell, who's out in Naramata now. Mm. And uh, it was on like the W Network. Cool. yeah. So there's you've put up a lot of wins, obviously. I guess. So now these new things, I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Well, and now it's, yeah, I mean, I've, I've struggled for a long time with knowing what to spend my time and energy on, mm-hmm. right? Because as a freelancer, I don't want to say no to any every anything. Yep. I don't want to say no to everything. Um, and I so I did it like so, I did so much for a while that I kind of lost my voice because I was writing for all these different magazines and you kind of end up with this generic kind of mm. voice. Yeah. Right. And so I had to sort of learn what my own voice was again and, and started to say no to a lot of things and focused on the globe and mail. Yep. And, uh, and now Chatelaine asked me last year to do recipes for them. So there's, there's no test kitchens anymore, which yep. I find really sad. So there's mm. no Chatelaine. There's no, um, Canadian Living Test Kitchen. And so now Chatelaine is working with a, a roster of food writers across Canada. Cool. Um, and it's a, it's a good lineup. I, you know, ask them about the lineup first because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think there needs to be... It's got to be vetted. There's got to be more diversity yeah. in food voices, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. Um, when you're... Um, you said this earlier. There's a, um, a woman you referenced... Uh, who is that? The writer, um, Elizabeth Baird, is the one that, and maybe, and you're like now, now I'm friends with her. Oh yeah, who was the food editor of Canadian Living for yeah. her? And now decades. you're and friends with her, and she lives in Toronto. And now you're writing for that magazine. Well, no, I'm writing for Chatelaine, mm. not Canadian Living. But to like, I never have written for Canadian Living. But you're in this, like, you're in the realm. You're in the same yeah. spaces. Yes. Is that? Um, That's so cool. And could you yeah. ever? Could you ever have seen that? playing out that way i hoped that it would Mm. uh yeah i hoped that it would and now yeah i'm friends with you know i just went and did an event with michael smith 
couple of weeks ago and I'm friends with, yeah, lots of, you know, food network people. And, mm-hmm. is, it, and writers is it strange? And, is it like, it is strange. Or, or you feel like you're comfortable because you've put in a lot of work to get there. It's not, it's not by fluke. You know, there's been a, no. lot of, a lot of work behind the scenes, but now that you're playing at that level. But I still have imposter syndrome, yeah. like, right? Like, isn't, why am I here? Which is, <laughs> no, I can't believe you brought that up. Isn't that insane, though? It is. And Yeah, it is. And, and so many people who I have so much respect for have imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? They're just like, who am I? What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Why do they keep asking me to do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it doesn't, it, it, has it decreased a little bit as that feeling? Yeah, it got, has a, a bit. Yeah. It has. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? People, people are just people, you know? Totally. And it's like, I, I spent a lot of years cooking for celebrities at the comic expo for the big celebrities, no like way. the big, like, the, like the Carrie Fishers and the, mm. you know, like big cast of Star Trek and, yep. like, and and they're, like they're just people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like Danny Glover just like hung out and chat with them, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, 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 so I, I I'm getting better at it. Yeah. And and sort of figuring out what my place is in it all, and what and I I get really focused on what I should be doing. Like I should be doing more TV, and I should be doing reels, and I should yep. be doing this and that, and. And I like writing cookbooks, and there are a kajillion cookbooks now. So how does that? How does that? Because um, it's changed so much, and there's so many. What does that do to your your direction? It, it, it yeah. It's it, there's so many cookbooks that come up out, and so many of them are through the same big publishers. Right. Only five percent of books published in Canada are by Canadian publishers, hmm. and. So there's, you know, the uh, the publishing industry, the Amazon and Costco has just ruined yeah. so much for so many. And the margins are so slim mm-hmm. that they really rely on volume. And, and even chapters now, you know, r- requires really steep discounts. Mm. And um, so I decided, I decided a few books ago to go back to self-publishing. Yep. Partly so I would have creative control over it. Partly because I know, I know that the business now you know i don't need media contacts i don't need like i can i can do it on my own and so many of the cookbooks are the same size the same price point you know and so i decided to make smaller ones like jean Perret did with companies coming right and her books were 13 dollars, and they were smaller right Mm so i decided to make these small format single subject books and have fun with them. My first one was, I called it dirty food because of all the clean eating. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh, hell yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you got a free pass. Bullshit. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Gwyneth Paltrow had put out this like clean, another clean eating cookbook, which mm-hmm. feels like food shaming to me, yeah. clean eating, you know, to, to label some food clean and virtuous. Mm-hmm assumes that some food is not and it's not the food it's the person eating it right and so i i did a book called dirty food which was fun (laughs) 
It was hard to, I hired a designer and he was like, I am having a hard time rap. What, it, what is this about? What, what's the concept? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was all like mud pie and, you know, sticky toffee pudding, like things that yeah. were like yeah, yeah. physical, like sticky and dirty and crumbly and like, you know, a- appealing in that, in that way. And, um, and so I had fun with that. And then I did a cookie book during the pandemic and, uh, and, and the timelines were so tight. I mean, when you work with a big publisher and I had, I've been talking with a bigger publisher and decided to, to not go that route, yeah. um, for a lot of reasons, but the timeline is like years, you know, you, you submit your manuscript and it's, it's two years before It'll the book is out. on the shelf. And then it, so then it could be dated. It could be. It seems so archaic to yeah, me, which yeah. isn't. Which doesn't mean that it's wrong, right? I mean, I know a ton of people, a ton of friends who are cookbook writers and work with big publishers. I'm nothing against big publishers yep. and that process. Mm-hmm. But the thought that I could have, I could, I could finish writing my book and putting it together. And I also do my own photos, which helps. Cool. And so I've taught myself in design. No way. Oh, you're, yeah. da- you're dangerous so now. I'm, I'm just doing it all <laughs> myself. Wow. And I have a really good friend who is like an amazing editor. So, you know, I get her to edit. I you know, and, um, and I hired a designer to do my original book and then he sort of semi-retired and I was like, are you okay if I just carry on? And he's like, great. Um, but I can finish my book at the end of summer and get it to the printer. And I print it Friesen's in Manitoba and have it back before Christmas, like that's yeah. such a crazy timeline, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's great. It's, and it works for me because I can be like, Hey, I'm going to do a book this year. So last year I did a book based on all the hate mail I was getting from the freedom convoy. And, and, <laughs> and do you, do you, the inspiration for the books, um, do you have like a, a list that you want to get through in your head, but then yeah. you also, then you also have these experiences where you're like, yeah. Oh, here's a new idea. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And part of that is like I I I don't know if a a publisher would let me yeah. go off on these tangents, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to do a toast book. That's one of my books, and I want to do another bean book. I did a, a bean book already, but um, I want to do another, another bean book because beans are just like they're such a big Canadian crop. People don't realize, mm. that, and they're good for the the land. They're good for us. They're good for farmers. Anyway. And everyone wants more protein and plant-based. Anyway, <laughs> but I got sidetracked because I was getting all this hate mail from, which is itself a long story, which I will not get into. But I was, I was, I was sort of targeted by the Freedom Convoy during the Coots border crossing. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff that was happening last year in Ottawa, like it's crazy that that was thing. last year. Yeah. And. So I was getting a lot of hate mail and I started turning it into blackout poetry. And so I would black out words and leave. And one of the ones I got was, you're a terrible human and it looks like you don't need any more cake. So I blacked out words and left, you're human and you need cake. (laughs) And I posted on Instagram, as one does. Of course. As I do. And I was like, this sounds like a cookbook title. And everyone was like, yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. But if I had left it, if it was like a two yeah. year long, it would yeah. have like mm-hmm. not made sense two years from now. But it was one that I could dig into. Yeah. And especially the small, small format, they're like 36 recipes. Which? Which is like, 
you know, not still, everybody needs a hundred recipes. Still, in a book. It seems like a lot. Doesn't it's a lot. It? Yeah. 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 And, and they're, they're 20 bucks, you know, hmm. and, uh, and the cost of printing has gone up. Like it was an extra 5,000 more mm-hmm. than the previous year to print. And, and, and they're mailable. Like they're easy to mail when there's that small size. Yep. You can mail them as a, yep. a letter and yep. a package. All so these things you've I consider, learned, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's under 500 grams, it's still a letter. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and I made it exclusive to independent bookstores. Cool. Because, you know, people really during the pandemic were starting to pay attention to how it matters, yeah. you know, and. And so a lot of people were mad that they couldn't get it on Amazon, but, mm-hmm. and again, I don't, you know, I don't hold it against anybody who sold, no, just, sells your books for Amazon, but people choice. were going into pages in Kensington, right? And saying, oh, this place is so great. How long have you been here? And they're like, 35 years. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> and they said that, they told me that my cookie book paid their rent at the next page and pages for two months last Christmas. No way. Yeah, so it makes a difference. But people were seeking it out and, mm. you know, anyway. Mm. So it's a, just a different approach. Oh, totally. Yeah, just a different approach. That's taken years to, f- like, to figure that out. Like, and to be like, you know what? I want to do this, so I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Which, that, um, that doesn't happen by chance. Yeah. I don't know what, it, you know, I don't know what the formula yeah. is, but it's, you know, yeah. a lot of experiences to get to that point. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. And mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I mean, I don't know, mistakes are such a negative connotation, but it's all, they're all learning experiences. I know, it's so like. I've built lots of character. <laughs> all I'm of learning a lot about myself, yes. Um, <laughs> and so going forward, do you have like, do you see anything that you want to accomplish? Is there things that you, like you keep like hammering books? Is there something else you have like? Yeah. Yes, yes. I I really want to do more. I love writing recipes. And I love writing. I do recipe spreads for the globe. I just filed one on Friday. And I love doing that. But I also really love more investigative journalism. So Buttergate. No way. Do you hear about this? No. What? Oh, my gosh. How long have we been talking? Are you like? I don't. No, go. <laughs> We're going to go back. We're going to go back a year. We're going to go back a year. You didn't hear about butter? Butter being harder at room temperature. Have you heard this? No. I don't, I don't listen to anything. That's okay. This is in, tw- in 2021. I'll try, and, I'll try and keep this brief. <laughs> so people were talking about how butter is like harder at room temperature and asking what's, what's up with butter. A lot of people. Um, and I, at CBC, someone had had tweeted me and someone at CBC was like, did you notice that person ask him? Anyway, there was a lot of conversation about butter. And as a instructor and a recipe writer, I was noticing in my pie classes that the butter that was out of the fridge was firm enough, but malleable. It wasn't like super soft, right? So it was a good temperature. And then writing recipes, I was like, I, I used to say butter at room temperature, but it wasn't soft enough at room temperature to like cream. So I was saying like butter softened. Anyway, so there was all this conversation about butter. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. <laughs> so at one point I was like, I said to my editor at the Globe, like, I think something's up with butter. And I tweeted about it. And I was like, so I'm going to get to the bottom of it. She's like, great, go for it. 
So I went and got all these different butters and I had them like all on my dining room table, like poking them and like thinking. Anyway, long story, long story (laughs) short, I started thinking about what, like what would change the texture of butter? And I, I have a basic knowledge of fats, right? And I know that that a, a fat that's very unsaturated is liquid at room temperature, right? Like olive oil, yep. canola oil. A butter that's more saturated, like coconut oil, um, butter. <laughs> I want to say lard, but like animal fats. Yep. Lard is a lot less saturated than butter. But the more saturated it is, the firmer it is at room temperature. So what would change the fatty acid profile of butter? the cow's diet right so i started the, wow. i did this deep dive and it was during it was in february 2021 during the the polar vortex and so i spent the, the weekend just diving into like dairy cow diets <laughs> and and i was posting my theories on twitter and facebook and instagram because you never know who's listening yeah, right i agree like there's somebody knows something somebody and so somebody messaged me and then she's like, or they, I don't even know who, I have no idea who it was. And they said, maybe it has to do with the supply chain disruptions because the pandemic, because some things that come from overseas are being disrupted, like the molasses and the palm fats. And I was like, palm fats? What do you mean? So I dove into palm fats in, in cow diets. And first I found um, PKE, which is the palm, it's called palm kernel expeller. So it's the, the, the husk of the palm, um, when they make palm oil and palm kernel oil, yep. that the husk that remains is a, is feed, and especially in New Zealand because they're so close to Indonesia, Malaysia. So mm. so that's a, a a feed for dairy cows, um, but then it turns out they're feeding palm based palm fat based supplements to, to dairy cows in. Canada to boost their output, wow. but it was also changing the fatty acid profile of the resulting milk. Hmm. And I'm getting all goosebumps just talking we're, about it because it's so cool. Which it's so cool. I can't wait. So I spent weeks researching it because it's such a complex industry. Like the dairy industry in Canada is so complicated. And then there was there was not a lot of research, but there was research that that showed the increase in palmitic acid, which is the primary saturated fatty acid in dairy, was increasing as a result of the, the feed. So, mm. it, I mean, it was really like, and it was so political. So there yeah. are people that I couldn't talk to because mm-hmm. they were like, mm-hmm. it, it was really, mm-hmm. it, but I, and I really wanted to do my due, due diligence, right? Anyway, um, so it was a big story and it, it went viral. Like, and I don't use that. Yeah, yeah term lightly like jimmy fallon made a joke about canadian butter being hard no way oh it was crazy nigella lawson tweeted me like, where did you publish this the globe and mail no way yeah yeah so i love that so and, the goosebumps yeah from this like that that idea you think you want to continue to go down that path yeah i think there's a lot that needs to be dug into in the world of food i have a a big theory about our grocery <laughs> Prices that I've been trying to get CBC or the Globe to let me cool. write about. So far, no dice. But the the um, the interesting piece is the way you've kind of built your media. What it was a planned strategy, whatever bullshit word you want to yeah. use. Yeah, Forrest Gump my way yeah. through it. Yeah. <laughs> your approach. Yeah, um, you've had all these connections to these like yeah big media companies. So now you almost yeah. have this like platform that's not 
yours. You don't own it, but you can leverage it. Yeah. Which then all of a sudden you don't need reels. You don't need all these things because you have something else in the background, which is dangerous. You're going to be like, you know, the current needs to do this or that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm focusing, Mm -hmm. I'm doing more of that. Do you think you would like um, travel and do like these like mini documentaries about certain food things? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like to go interview these people a lot, like to go, could you make these like little mini series things that could go on CBC or whatever? Yeah, I could. I could. I should pitch that to CBC. That'd be cool. Totally. That would be amazing. Hmm. And, uh, but yeah, there's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked and a lot of things that you might be need to be dug into and i really you might be the person doing that and i might be the person that's cool and um and it all goes back to this like passion for food yeah and food access that's the other thing that i'm focusing on mm. a, a lot more and 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 something that i you know i spent a lot of time on during the pandemic especially when food when schools were closed and yep. and kids were cut off from a, a food source um and i so yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot of connections in the food world with farmers and, and you're like set up chefs and but also with the hunger related agencies, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of gaps. There's you know, there's no reason that public schools should be should need food supports should have to do fundraising on their own. Yeah. You know, why can't there be a food bank in every school? There should be. So right now I'm trying to navigate red tape between agencies and public school mm. systems and like mm. figure out like why, why are principals contacting me and saying I need to like, I need to feed these kids mm. and that's my priority. But there's enough food out there. Yeah. There's enough resources yeah. out there and there's surplus resources since the Canadian government sent out $330 million in, in extra food supports mm to agencies but a lot of that has just been been surplus mm. like a lot of them had massive surpluses last year that's money that was pegged to feed people right so how do we access that mm. and uh you're on a path i'm on a path which gets again yeah. like I, I i don't like to hammer this but like there's no way you would ever seen this like you know back it all up yeah. 30 years like there's no way you probably could see yourself on this no. path no 30 years ago, I just wanted to be like Mary Moore and answering people's like recipe questions. You know? Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah. And I'm moving forward. Yeah. 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 Um, so cool. Yeah. This is a, uh, this has been a really fun one. Yay. Oh, good. Yeah. This has been. This is the best one yet. Yeah. Number yeah. 76. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 76. Yeah. It's a competition, right? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you have, you've had so many amazing people on your podcast. Well, there's so just, cool. in Calgary's just it's such a full of characters like you that just are just wildly interesting successful and 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 the cool thing is that there's so many people that say yes to this idea too right Mm -hmm. yeah i literally get you know we get we get introduced and the first thing that yes i'm in yeah which where do i need to be yeah Yeah. um i end the show with one question when i say calgary where does your head go Oh my gosh. And I emailed this to you, by the way, too. Did you? Did yeah. you? So don't, oh, no. don't, don't look at me like I'm, like I'm messing you up right now. Clearly, I don't pay attention to my emails. Which is fine. You're not the first. You're, uh, oh, no. You're not the I only was, person. And I was driving here thinking, like, I don't think there was anything I needed to prep for this one. Because <laughs> I had a few all together. Uh, 
what is the what it when I say Calgary, when you say Calgary, my it, oh it 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 should my my head immediately went to like 1980s. Hello, Calgary. The Calgary Tower no and like the Heidi and Howdy and the, like all that, which is not how I see Calgary today. But but that's what instantly yeah. went. And the Hello Calgary song, by the way, it wasn't just Calgary. You know this, right? You know that song was like everyone Everywhere. used that song. Yeah. Um, Funny. I feel like I should have a better no 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 a better you, answer. There's for been it. some there's been some like bizarre ones. So really, oh, some yeah, yeah. good ones. Yeah. I'm just gonna go and listen to the ends of all your You're podcasts. Totally like, like <laughs> Calgary, 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 Calgary. It's uh, I I think it's just such a great city, and it's so. The more I travel, the more I realize what an amazing food scene. I mean, I know I know we do, but you know, yeah, we just we have such an amazing food scene, and um, and it's it seems like such a small town. It's it's. Mm-hmm. It seems like a community that's all connected com- compared to Vancouver and Toronto, yep. you know, like yep. everyone kind of, not everyone knows each other, but also it's just, it just seems more connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the reason you are sitting across from each other, right? Yeah. Like I get connected and get connected to another person and get connected to you. Like it's just all, and it's home. It's all there. Yeah. And I think that that is, that's one thing that I, I really, hope we can pay attention to in terms of of newcomers because i i take for granted that totally. i have these connections yeah. you know everywhere and i you know and i i've talked to the center for newcomers about how to we've done a few a few potlucks cool. like how do you help establish that network yeah that that we that we take for granted because we grew up here and we mm-hmm. It's just time here, though, too, it's right? It's time, for sure. And so, yeah, but to, to try and speed it up, though, with a potluck event or and something. how do you get out of your bubbles? Like, yeah. how do you have people over for dinner yeah. unless you know to invite them for dinner? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just, yeah. Anyway, sorry, a tangent. No, it's good. It's all, it's, all connected. <laughs> it's, all, it's all connected to Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This no, it's was been, so fun. Yeah, it's been really cool just to hear your story because I, I, do, I don't do any research on anybody. <gasps> Good. So, so Going I just get cold. to like listen to this. Yeah. So it's a, it's a it's fascinating to hear these stories because yeah. you get to I get to experience them like firsthand. Yeah, totally. Which is which is really cool. And, and yours was like, yeah, just like there's so many moments. So he just did like a double blank, like a big like, like. I was like, like, <laughs> like the, just all whoa, the whoa. yeah yeah yeah. So it was really cool. Good. So thank hey, you very much. Thank you. I hope it wasn't too long. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>